0: here. And uh, we have anticipated being a part of this great congregation for many, many years. And uh, it's so good to be here. And uh, the last few weeks have just been fantastic. When we look at the Mission Emphasis Sunday, and now we're anticipating the, the VBS. And let me just plug that because you can go online and enroll and i have done that i encourage you to do that and get your family and your neighbors to do that and let's let's do all we can to reach out to those that we love and care about in this immediate area our our presentation tonight comes at the uh, the close really of a, a number of weeks activities in which uh, i was in ukraine then came back and have been traveling different uh, areas to report to brethren that have been a part in that and I am thankful that tonight I get to share some thoughts with the Dalreda congregation because you have been a part of the work uh, that I do for a number of years and I appreciate that and now that I am rooted here I really do appreciate that. We had a good group that went over to Ukraine a couple of years ago we are anticipating another group to go in October. Uh, we have Jim and Vicki in Madagascar right now, and then we have Terry, and a number of you are gonna be going with him into Italy. Uh, it's just phenomenal, uh, the, the work and the activity that's going on. I am reminded of the church at Antioch, Assyria. A number of years ago, I came on Missions Emphasis Sunday and presented a series of lessons on Antioch of Syria. And I compared then this congregation to that congregation, and the con- that comparison has only grown stronger. Uh, what a wonderful opportunity we have. What m- you, you look at the many doors of opportunity that are being opened to this congregation, and you stand back and, and just be amazed at really the opportunities that are within our grasp. And tonight I want to share with you very briefly some of the points about the work in Ukraine. And not only that, I want to share with you some, uh, just a a brief mention of the church in Nigeria and communicate with you, with your brethren there, some of the, the good things that they have done. The work in in. Ukraine began in March, and here I was while you guys were around here in T-shirts and uh, T-shirts and shorts and sandals. Here's the way that I was dressed in, in Ukraine, and that just uh, that was cold. It was, uh, they measured their degrees in Celsius, and I don't care how you measured. It, it was cold. It was about 18 below uh, 18 minus 18C. 18 and uh, that's cold, and it was really cold. But by the time I left, all of this, most of it was gone. Even on the uh, uh, the Pole tarmac, as we left the international airport, we still had some mountains of snow, but not as pretty as what we have here. Uh, what we do, okay, sorry, Dave. Uh, what we focus on mainly is that of shipping humanitarian aid to different locations to help the lord's church when i went into ukraine first i was amazed because everywhere i turned there were seventh day adventist churches and i asked somebody i said what is going on why are there so many adventist churches they said well back in the 1930s the adventists came in and they started building hospitals and clinics and working with schools and as a result of that, they are strong. They remain strong through the communist years of 70, uh, 70 years that dominated the culture at that time and they have survived. And then I began to look at what the Bible is teaching. And I'm, I was thinking that we were losing something because as you look at the biblical foundation, as far as benevolent work, benevolent work, is to bring glory to God benevolent work is to be done unto all men especially those of the household of faith but as you look in the book of Acts benevolent work is to be done specifically to spread the gospel and give opportunities so that the doors can be opened for the preaching and the teaching So with that understanding, I began in 94 to work with a number of individuals and together we began sending things into Ukraine and that has seen a phenomenal growth. And here on the the board are the totals from what last year produced. We shipped last year 31 40-foot high-cube cargo containers. And these, you see, there is one in the the photo so you can understand what a container is. You can ship an entire household plus in one of these containers. We shipped 31 of those last year. The total pounds were over 660,000 pounds. The total value exceeded six and a half million dollars. We had to pay the cost on shipping some. We did partner with organizations that helped us cover some cost of shipping. But for the Lord's Church, it cost us $85,000 to do that. And what we did in that year's work, we shipped into Ukraine, we shipped into the Republic of Georgia, we shipped into Nigeria. And all of those commodities were shipped in the name of the Lord's Church, and we received official letters and thank yous from uh, the governments in those locations. Thus far, in 2018, here's what we've done. We have shipped four containers into Ukraine. We've shipped two containers into Nigeria. And just this last week, we have firmed up shipments uh, that will be in the coming weeks for Tanzania, Uganda, Nigeria, and the Republic of Georgia and Ukraine. And so our, our work has just been blessed by God and it, it's just mushrooming on us far beyond that which we could think or imagine, as Ephesians 3.20 reminds us happens whenever you, you do the work of the Lord. And all of this is being done for the purpose of spreading the gospel, of helping others understand what the Church of Christ is, who we are, and what we believe. And through this avenue of benevolence, we are accomplishing these things. Along the way, we've had a number of of opportunities open to us. This last year, we shipped four containers of uh, brand-new shoes that were donated to us. We didn't have to pay for the shoes. Uh, and those, those were about 5,000 pairs of shoes in each container. Uh, those were sent to orphanages and to the elderly. It was sent to the hospital and medical. I received a call from California where there is a group out there that sends foster-grant reading glasses Uh, On humanitarian they wanted to know would you be interested in in receiving some of our containers an entire 40 foot high cube container of reading glasses? Can you imagine that I'm I'm like a number of you if I don't have my glasses. I'm I'm blind. I just can't see Can you imagine the impact that is going to take place whenever we're able to distribute those reading glasses? Uh, In the name of the Lord's Church. We've done something similar to that in India and also in Nigeria. And we have had phenomenal results in the Lord's Church. In our efforts, I'll show you a number of uh, photographs of some of the the points of distribution. This is uh, a children's home or children's hospital in Ivano-Frankisk where we had shipped some of our things. You really can't see this very clear. Whenever I saw that, I thought, well, it it has been burned. Uh, The rats have gotten into it or something. But what it was, let's go back, that's what it was. That's what was causing those holes. The springs in those mattresses had come through, and this is what those children were laying on. Uh, Of course, they they laid down blankets and, and other things to protect the children, but this is the quality of things that they have. And in our shipments, I don't know how many hundreds of hospital bed mattresses that we have shipped uh, to take care of situations like this. And you know that whenever we give those things in in the hospital in the name of the Lord's church that they are appreciated. This was an intensive care unit in uh, a children's hospital in Ivano-Frankisk. And they had received some of the things that, that we had uh, delivered to them. All right, here are photos of the shoes that uh, we started delivering in the uh, Oblast of Jatomar. We shipped them into Jatomar, Ivano-Frankis, uh, to uh, Zaporozhia, uh, and to uh, one other location, I can't recall, but, uh, or Kiev, I think. But each of those areas received a cargo container of shoes, brand new shoes, and these are Dr. Comfort shoes, and these were donated to us, and you can go online and you can see the quality that we were able to get. We took these in, uh, and here is uh, a family that we delivered some of the shoes to. This is the little girl. It was a single father and three children and the young man there in the wheelchair had uh, some kind of debilitating uh, problem, Uh, cerebral palsy, muscular dystrophy, something. He couldn't get out of the wheelchair. We gave him the wheelchair, uh, very thankful for that, and then we were able to take some uh, shoes over to them. The home is that one room that they share. And the father is, is the one that's helping to take care of these children. Uh, we have helped them in a number of different ways. Here are more photos of children in Chitomer Oblast that received uh, shoes. This little girl is holding a shoebox gift. Uh, now, we didn't send this. Another organization sent it. But they gave it to us to distribute in the name of the Lord's Church. Isn't that that wonderful? You know, they shipped it over there. They collected. They put it all together, and we were able to distribute it in the name of the Lord's Church. Those shoebox gifts are a great, uh, great thing. Here are two two girls that received shoes uh, in in the shipment. And as you look at these children, I want you to understand that many of them do not smile. Uh, They just do not have anything to smile about in life. Uh, And that breaks your heart whenever you begin looking at them. And whenever you begin to understand their their environments, the situation, the way that life has just beat and bruised them, you can understand why some of them uh, are looking as they do. Uh, But we... We give them the things they need and in that we communicate to them how much we care about them. This is a school of special needs children in the city of Zaporozhia. And these are children that basically are orphaned. They are at this school, and they will remain here till they are about 18 years old. But these are all uh, all alone in life. And here, here we were able to go in, and we gave them shoes. We also gave them school supplies. Uh, the consignee you see in the back, uh, Nikolai is, is the consignee there, and Julia is his Uh, Secretary, Julia is holding up some of the school supplies that the children received and they were so thankful for them. The bag that you see on the table in front of you was uh, made by a group of ladies that sewed this together and then they put notebooks and pencils and other things in there. Whoa, let's go back. Go back. Yeah, there we are. Uh, If you're, it's, this is the fault. It's not me, but it's this right here. Here is is the group, or some of the group, of these children in this special needs orphanage that we gave shoes to, and these are children that that have very bright uh, minds. Uh, their bodies are not as as functional as they would like them to be, but they're they're very intelligent, very bright, and And they are in this home because of their disabilities. A number of orphanages in Ukraine exist. And the population of the orphanages has increased uh, since Russia invaded about four years ago. But the sad part about these orphanages is that eight out of ten of these children that you see in this orphanage and other orphanages, eight out of ten will be lost. Uh, The girls will be turned into prostitutes. The boys will be used as the expendables in the organized crime gangs that goes on. Uh, This is their future. This is all that they have to look forward to. Ukraine is known for a number of things, but uh, in, in the international law enforcement, it's known as the, the highway for human trafficking in Europe. Uh, we have a number of operations that are trying to interrupt that and to do what we can to help these children. Uh, one fellow is currently working on getting vocational training skills taught in the orphanages so that whenever these children are graduated, at 18 they're graduated out. That means they are put out. And so they have to fend for themselves. But we're hoping to begin vocational training so that these uh, men and the ladies will have a skill that is marketable and that will help them to evade uh, being one of those eight out of ten. But it's it's tragic. Whenever you begin looking at the orphanage system in Ukraine, they start uh, when they're v- very small, and you'll see some of these later on. But then they graduate from level to level until they get to 18, and then they just kick them out. Uh, very sad situation. But here you had the, the group, some of the group, some had already left, but these... Where the special needs the young man there in the red coat was named Dima and Dima they had the wrong shoe size for Dima and he was going to get his new pair of shoes Uh, and another point some of these these folks uh, some of these they had never owned a brand new pair of shoes never had a brand new pair of shoes and we were able to to give that to them. This is a, a photo of a children's shelter where we took some of the shoes. And the children's shelter also uh, is, is a heartbreaking situation. This is a temporary emergency type shelter where the children are placed in a temporary basis until they can be plugged into the orphanage system and get worked into that. Uh, this particular children's shelter we have helped, it's in Zaporozhia. And we have helped it a number of times. Uh, These children are there because, number one, their parents are criminals and they've been put into jail. Or number two, which is probably the the largest category, their parents are drug addicts. And they have either abandoned their children or they have used their children in a way that that shows just how depraved they are. And their children are taken away and put into that, that children's home our children's shelter, and from there they will go. But uh, there is a whole room full of these children uh, that, again, you, you look at the faces of these children and you see, uh, you see a, a story of life that you really don't want to participate in. Uh, here, uh, as we began, we went in and here's these shoebox gifts again that they gave us to give out. And the children all received one of these, and the boxes. Some of you have put together these. You have a boy or a girl, and you you'll have an age span. Uh, and so they're looking into their shoe boxes here to see what's going on. I want to to tell you about two little girls in this particular place. First of all, is uh, uh, this little girl Iriska, uh, Ira, uh, Irina. Uh, she she was delighted. She had a face that just lit up uh, the moment that you see her. And this really is out of order. This was the last photo in a sequence that I took of Iriska. But as she came in, uh, she w- would get some shoes, and she actually got two pairs of shoes. Uh, here she is at the end, and I asked the the. Kids to get around me, and that's kind of a, uh, a cropped photo of it. But there's Ariska; uh, she's got not only her shoebox gift, but she's got her two pairs of shoes, and and her day was delightful. Uh, this particular, whoa, listen, there we are. This this one shows you the majority of the children that were there. Uh, this particular children's shelter would take children from about five years uh, to about 12 years, and then they would be uh, moved on. This young girl here with the, the head scarf on was just uh, just admitted into the children's shelter. Whenever children come in, they are given a thorough fa- uh, examination, uh, physical and if they have head lice, which many of them do, their heads are shaved. And so this explains the, uh, the scarf on this young girl's head. Uh, she was anticipating getting something. And so whenever her name was called, she was bashful she was shy and so you see right up there the director took her by the hand and walked with her and got her shoes and there she is at the end uh, next to a a newfound friend that she had Uh, we also gave out uh, toothbrushes toothpaste Uh, we purchased those things in country over there with donations that are given to us here are more photos of children that we've helped with this. Let's go back to him. This fellow's name is Nikita. Nikita has uh, uh, some type of physical disability where he cannot walk. I'm not sure what it is, but he just cannot walk. Now, if you look behind him, you see as you're looking up here on the left, those two parallel bars, his mother had rigged up this walking ramp where she hoped that he would exercise so that his legs would get strong enough. Well, the sad truth is his legs are not going to get strong enough. The muscles are not going to develop. They needed a walker. Well, trying to get a walker in, in that area is almost impossible. And so our consignee knew about that, and that day we gave him a walker, and you can see the smile on his face. This particular uh, orphanage here is for disabled children, and this is in the city of Krematorsk. Uh, we had given a number of things to them, and so whenever I went, they, the children there, this was from birth to, to four-year-olds and these are the four-year-olds that were giving me they had prepared a special program for me had dressed up in the ukrainian uh, costumes this young fellow was beating the tambourine for me Uh, they have a number of of disabilities genetic disabilities physical disabilities Uh, basically these are children that's been thrown away that nobody cares for Uh, plus kramatorsk is right on the front lines of the russian invasion The fellow there told me that whenever, uh, just prior to the invasion of Russia, they had about 40 children. When I was there, they had 300 children. Uh, And the facilities obviously could not take care of of what was going on. And there uh, at the end is uh, me with the group. This is a photograph of that same uh, orphanage. Uh, you see the cribs that they, they have for the children there, very different from our cribs. Every time I see that, I'm reminded, you know how the, uh, the infant cribs in our hospitals are? You know, they're the big steel cages. We shipped a number of those over, and in follow-up visits, I was at one hospital, and the nurse came up to me, and she says, I want to ask you something. I said, okay. She said, just how big are your babies in America when they are born? <laughs> <laughs> because here, here's this monstrous cage and uh, they, they just couldn't imagine what, uh, uh, I said, well, if you knew some of our babies, you'd know why we need cages for them. But uh, uh, here is a photo that uh, kind of shows you what we're trying to deal with in our efforts. These are, this is in uh, ICU unit. Uh, and I believe this is in Odessa. It was on a previous trip, not this recent one, but a previous trip. That's a hospital bed in the intensive care unit, and you can see one has, you know, it, it has metal springs, but the other just has what we would call two by sixes, two by twelves, and uh, that is, whenever they see our hospital beds, they love our beds. Here is, uh, again, going back to Kramatorsk, uh, you ask, well, what does this do? How does that impact us? Well, here is a door in, in a hospital in Kramatorsk, and it has a sign on it. And that sign says, basically, that this room was furnished by churches of Christ. And and that little banner at the top says, churches of Christ, where a family where all are loved. Uh, at least that's the way we'd translate it in English. That's the meaning that, that you get from that. But every day you'll have folks going in and out of that uh, hospital room with that message. That is what they are seeing. Uh, we have refurbished a number of rooms. This is the room that that sign was on. You saw the beds that existed In that ICU unit, well, this is a a unit in the Cremator's Hospital. Still needs some work, as you see the chairs there and the bedside table. But we gave them beds and mattresses uh, and linens. Let's talk about the church real quick. This is the church in ivano Frankis. This is in their new meeting place. Uh, The church there is doing well. This was on Easter Sunday, Orthodox Easter Sunday. You need to understand they're on the Orthodox calendar, the Eastern calendar. We're on the Western calendar. So you have two Easter's, you have two Christmases. Uh, since uh, uh, under the Soviet Union, they operated on the Eastern calendar because of the Orthodox Church. Well, Ukraine is trying to pull away from Russia. So they want to operate on the Western calendar. But they don't want to upset folks, so Ukraine observes two Christmases and two Easter's. And that's all right because the folks get holidays on, on all of those, so they're all for it. Well, this was on the Orthodox Easter uh, that was on this last trip. Here are photos. Uh, this is the new assembly room where the uh, the church is meeting. We were basically kicked out of the place where we were meeting Yvonne found this new place. We have this room and another room similar in size that were renting right across from the, the local uh, government there. And this was on a Lord's Day morning. This fellow is, is named Nana, and he is Nigerian. Uh, and Nana has an interesting story I wish I could tell you. Uh, Nana became a New Testament Christian in Ivano Frankis because of the church there. Here is Volody and there's Tanya interpreting for him. Uh, those of you that traveled over there last time, you're familiar with both of them. This is Svetislav. Uh, again, uh, if you were there on a previous trip, you probably remember Svetislav. Uh, this is a Wednesday night assembly in the other room that we're renting. There is Yvonne. Uh, again, Tanya is there uh, uh, interpreting. Um uh, this is the other part of the room uh, where the, the brethren were gathered on that, that Wednesday night. There you have Ruslan and Masha, and this again was on the Easter Sunday. They, they were going out to their village for uh, Easter uh, activities that were going on. Uh, here is Yvonne. Again, Tanya is, is tra- uh, interpreting for him. Here is Nana leading singing on another Lord's Day. Here are two of the, uh, uh, the youngsters that we have, Sophia uh, and uh, Sasha. And while I was there, they learned that Sasha has some lack of, uh, they think it may be a, a lack of the growth hormone or something, but he's not doing very well. And you kind of look at his face and see that that's the case. I, while I was there, I taught in the preacher training school and those are photos in regard to that. Here is an interesting story. wish we had more time. Uh, Going back to Krematorsk, this is the city in uh, Izum that is about an hour and a half to two hours from Krematorsk. The lady there in uh, red or whatever, pink, whatever that color is, uh, she was a Christian in Krematorsk. She needed to move. She moved to Izum to be with her family and in so doing, the family became Christians, and now the church is meeting in their house every Sunday. So the church at Crematorius will worship, and then they will take a bus or a van, and they'll go to a Zoom, and they'll worship with the brethren there. On this particular day, we went. uh, It was just myself and Vlad and Oksana, uh, not Oksana, but Tanya, and uh, the others uh, that morning, some ladies sister at church her stove caught fire and they had to go and and help her so it's just three of us but usually they've got a van load that's going this fella is uh, a retired general he is a uh, representative of the Chernobyl uh, workers and we have helped the Chernobyl situation here is an interesting story I uh, we have, through the church, helped a number of small communities and villages, and they wanted to help the church. And they said, well, you know, in a village we don't have any money, but we do have some produce. And so they said, we'll give you some some potatoes and some onions and some cabbages and beets, and this is what they're doing. Uh, they, they brought that in, and so it, the church... Shared this, and then they were able to share this with others as well. And that's Savetta and Luba that uh, standing there by the truck. Now, here is, is a great story. This is from Nigeria. Uh, we shipped a container to in Nigeria in, in December, and I've sent some reports to those of you on our mail list. And if you're not on our mail list, you can get on it or get on our website at cackleman.com and go to the missions page. And you'll find that. But here, here is a fellow, the fellow holding the Bible there on the right-hand side. His name is Anifiok. Uh Anifioke Akpan is his name. But uh, they received a container. And here is an email I received from him just within the last week. He said, we knew the container shipment project would facilitate the spread of the gospel in Nigeria, but we never anticipated such a rapid growth. 21 baptisms and one restoration in four months is amazing and thrilling and more are yet to come. The number of worshipers at our campus church has increased from 50 to over 100 since the container arrived. If the project is sustained, we anticipate a congregation of over a thousand worshipers in the next couple of years. How's that? (laughs) Isn't that amazing? The Container Project will also assist as we evangelize and plant new congregations in the 16 villages around us with effect from January 2019. I hope that's rain. (laughs) Isn't that amazing though? Look Look at what go back to the pattern that we find in the book of Acts. You do good unto all men and, and you spread the gospel. You bring glory to God, but you do that with the preaching and the teaching of the gospel as Brother Nephiok has has illustrated and as we see in Ukraine as well. And here's a number of photos that uh, here is one of the groups where they were going down to bab, uh, be baptized. Here is is a, a baptism. Again, uh, uh, Nephiok is is talking uh, to those that are going to be baptized. Uh, Here are more that's going to be baptized. Incidentally, at this location is Rima Christian Academy, and we shipped uh, the old uniforms from uh, ACA to to this location. Now here, going back to Vinyl Frankisk, and this is, is really an interesting story, but we just don't have time for that. You have here in this photo, you have Ukraine, and you have Nigeria, and you have Zimbabwe represented. And Nigeria is uh, Watson, and uh, Zimbabwe is is Jill here. Uh, they are part of the Medical Institute, and through Brother Emmanuel, uh, who is from Ghana, uh, Emmanuel has reached out, and we have seen a great impact in regard to that. And the Sunday after I was there, uh, no, it was Tuesday. I was there on a Sunday and this happened on Tuesday. Sunday was Easter. Nothing was hope. We couldn't baptize anybody. Couldn't find any facility to baptize. They had to wait until Tuesday. But then they, they put on the Lord in baptism and there they are after their obedience. In our efforts, we were given a plot of land and some of you have seen that and we built a, a, a storage distribution center, and now they're in the process of building a meeting place, and they, this is how they set the, the bricks, and they put, if you see the hand there, they, they'll put five rows of bricks, and then they'll put this metal weave over it as they tie it all together. This is for the inside walls. Can you imagine inside walls built like this. This is the way they do it over there. There is Yvonne as he is helping the Masons uh, lay the first, first bricks. Uh, and, and this has really progressed on. Here is the inside of the storage facility that we have. Uh, that is, it goes from ground to, to the ceiling with things that, that we have. Now here is what we need. We need... A storage or warehousing facility that will launch a collection and packing and loading from Montgomery. I've got folks that want to bring things to us, but we need some place to put that. Surely somebody knows a facility that we can use for storage and, and that would have the ability for us to back a container up and load that So that we could continue shipping from this area. We're shipping out of Columbus, Mississippi, out of Judsonia, Arkansas, out of uh, Neelyville, Missouri. If we can find a place here, then we'll be able to draw resources from this area. And so we need some help. And I'd like to ask the members, you think, you know, there is somebody that knows somebody that can help us make this work. It'd be great if it has electricity, be really great if it has a working bathroom. But if it doesn't, we've worked out of things before that had neither of those things. But we just need a good dry area uh, that we can store things and then we can load, load the containers up. Well, on every mission trip, there's always food stories. And I wanna close with that. Here you have pickled watermelon. That is a delicacy in Ukraine. And this, I sat down in front of a table and this is what was set in front of me. And thankfully, everybody was so eager to get that pickled watermelon by the time I was ready for it, there was none left. So, but I'm sure it was good because they thought it was. But I wasn't as fortunate on this. Ukrainians love fish. They love it any way you do it. This is a dried fish. And it's literally a dried fish. They haven't done anything to it. Uh, And they eat this thing. And uh, Yvonne was with me at a particular house. And he knows how I feel about dried fish. He says, he told the guy, he says, you know, Brother John really loves dried fish. (laughs) And the guy jumps up and he comes back with these two things. And I thanked Yvonne very much. And I said, I will remember that. But, uh, you know, very hospitable folks and uh, very, very generous in in what they have. Wonderful place to work, but we see that in, in all the world. Okay, I'm not, am I through here? I can't get it to advance. We're through. This is what you're a part of and thank you so much for your, uh, your involvement and your support. And I, I wish that we had the time just to, to detail all the good that has been done in the name of the Lord's church through these shipments and that continues to be done. Solomon says, cast your bread upon the waters and it will return to you manyfold." This is what we're doing. A lot of places never heard of the churches of Christ, but now they have. And there are places, I've got the Republic of Georgia. That's a a country east of Ukraine on the Black Sea. And they're they're saying, bring the church of Christ. We want want you to be here with us. Uh, You know, as Melvin pointed out, we need somebody to stand in the gap. We need... Here am I, send me to come out as a response. And there are those. Somewhere there's somebody that will do that. And this congregation will be responsible for helping them to go and to spread the gospel. But thank you for your involvement. Thank you for your participation in that. And and we need your help to spread the gospel in these ways. The invitation song has been selected. And if there are those in the assembly that are not New Testament Christians, we encourage you to come forward, confess Jesus Christ as Son of God, put Him on in baptism tonight, be born into the family of God, have that new birth and, and rise to walk in that new life that will bring you blessings every day. If we can help you do that, won't you come?